Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, monkeypox, food shelf use up in Minnesota, and former Golden Gopher player Eric Curry. But first, abortion again took top headlines on Minnesota's political scene this week, but the economy, mining, and the next farm bill are also on people's minds. MNN's Bill Werner joins us with the details. Scott, Minnesota Attorney General Democrat Keith Ellison jumped directly into the political line of fire this week, announcing he will not appeal a Ramsey County judge's ruling that struck down a number of anti-abortion state laws, including the 24-hour waiting period and parental notification statutes. He's chosen to abandon ship halfway uh, in the journey. And and I think that's just extremely disappointing. He said Scott Fishbach with Minnesota Citizens Concern for Life. Ellison responded his office has put 4,000 staff hours over the last three years into defending those laws. We defended the statute. We're not required to file endless appeals, particularly if we believe the outcome will ultimately be the same. Ellison says although his personal view is that those abortion laws were not good public policy, he says, quote, I have nonetheless vigorously defended those laws. I know how to separate my political ideas from my legal responsibilities. Keith Ellison is lying. Said Republican-endorsed Attorney General candidate Jim Schultz. The fact is he did not vigorously defend these laws. Nobody's asking him to appeal endlessly. He could very simply make one appeal. Fellow Republican Doug Warlow, who is challenging Schultz in the August 9th Republican primary, says... As Attorney General, I am going to defend the laws passed by the people's representatives, and I will fight to overturn the ruling in Doe versus Minnesota. I'm not going to allow one judge in Ramsey County to erase pro-life protection statewide. MCCL's Scott Fishbach says they are investigating their legal options. But at this point, when the attorney general of the state who's supposed to be defending the laws of the state uh, throws in the towel, you're, you're pretty much stuck. We've got to take this to the people and urge them to uh, vote for an attorney general who will actually defend the laws of our state. And uh, that will happen in November. Ellison responds, what he's telling voters is that his decision not to appeal was not influenced by his personal views on abortion. I made a legal decision, and uh, it was the right one. The right for people to have a safe legal abortion is that I've always stood by that. I believe that they should have that. Uh, But that's separate from this. And this week, Governor Tim Walz unveiled his 10-year economic expansion plan, which focuses on affordable child care, housing and health care, better K-12 education, workforce training, reducing barriers to job creation, and investing in Minnesota's businesses. The plan keys off detailed recommendations from a special 15-member panel that the governor called together, and it drew quick criticism from Republican opponent Scott Jensen. I was surprised that he was able to put this many woods together without mentioning inflation or utility costs or gas prices. Which Jensen says he has a 10-point plan to address. The governor's plan emphasizes long-term investments. It increases my um, sense of urgency that we get back and do a special session to solve the things that our communities are telling us to solve. Jensen has said a special session to cut taxes would be fine, but no more spending. 
Walls and Democrats contend investments are necessary to keep Minnesota's economy growing. Mixed reviews from the business community on the governor's plan. Beth Cadoon with the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce says they and the governor have many similar goals. Thriving communities, attracting workforce, a growing business community. However, some things that we continue to hear as being a real barrier and headwind to our economic growth in the state and which was missing from this report is frankly the need to reduce our cost burdens, especially on our taxes. The governor responded, when you ask the business community... What's your top concern right now? They will tell you workforce, and then they will very quickly pivot to how can you make that workforce stronger, and they will pivot quickly to child care and things like that. Governor Walls promoting his plan at a woman-owned metal fabricating company in the east-central Minnesota community of Stacy this week. 36 Minnesota House Republicans this week sent a letter urging the Biden administration to reject an environmental assessment that recommends a 20-year ban on mining in the Superior National Forest in northern Minnesota. Representative Spencer Igo from Wabana Township says... It was only a few months ago. President Biden initiated the Defense Production Act to source copper and nickel in this country so that we could depend on ourselves and not on hostile nations. And now on the flip side... His administration is going to be trying to shut down one of the only places in the country that we actually have these minerals. Opponents say mining could endanger pristine waters in northeastern Minnesota and hurt tourism. Igo responds existing facilities have proven they can operate without damaging the environment. Minnesota Congresswoman Angie Craig and U.S. House Ag Subcommittee Chair Sherry Bustos from Illinois got an earful from farmers this week in Northfield about what should be in the 2023 Farm Bill. Crop insurance came up repeatedly. Casey Grainer with CFS and Truman says inflation is chipping away at farmers' margins with rising cost of fuel and crop inputs. The Farm Bill safety net and crop insurance are programs are very key to creating a predictable operating environment for these farmers. And Deborah Mills from Goodhue told lawmakers dairy farmers have experienced boom and bust for decades, triggered by supply and demand imbalance. The dairy revitalization plan is a growth management strategy that coordinates milk production growth among all dairy producers to stabilize and improve prices for everyone. Mills urging lawmakers to include the dairy revitalization plan in the 2023 Farm Bill. Scott? Thank you for that report, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Who are we? We're your neighbors, coworkers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. Throughout the state, Minnesota electric co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, bringing power to the people of Minnesota. Change a light bulb, save some green. Just replace traditional light bulbs with energy-efficient bulbs and fixtures. If you're like most people, 20% of your home electric bills go directly to lighting. Every light we switch to one bearing the government's Energy Star label uses at least two-thirds less energy than older bulbs. Such a light will save more than $30 in energy costs over its lifetime. Brighten your environmental future from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. This week, the World Health Organization declared monkeypox a public health emergency of international concern. Here in Minnesota at press time, there were at least 28 confirmed cases. 
I recently spoke with the state health department's Jennifer Heath and Cynthia Kenyon about monkeypox and what we can try to do to keep the numbers down. Kenyon explains. Monkeypox is a uh, rash illness. Um, And so uh, sometimes it's characterized by uh, kind of that fever, malaise, um, not feeling well before the rash appears. Um, But then the rash, um, when the rash appears, it can be, you can have several um, poxes or you can have just a few. So it really varies. And not everyone will have those um, kind of what we call prodrome symptoms either. So sometimes it's just the rash. So tell me, if if you don't mind, we are doing mass testing. Why is it so important to do that mass testing when we have few cases confirmed here in Minnesota? Sure. And and right now, um, I, we, we're not doing mass testing like you might think of when with the mass testing we did with COVID. Um, the testing we're doing is really... Um, focused on individual who individuals who have those symptoms I just described. Um, so we're working really closely with healthcare providers uh, to if they see someone that they think might have monkeypox to make sure they send specimens in and test for it because when you test for monkeypox, um, um, sometimes we can let the close contacts know of those individuals and they might even be able to receive vaccines so they don't then develop symptoms themselves, or they can at least be aware to um, uh, to, to watch out for symptoms. It, but the testing right now really is focused on individuals who have symptoms. Um, the Minnesota Department of Health Public Health Laboratory was one of the first uh, labs in Minnesota that was able to test for monkeypox. But of course, we want Um, that type of testing to be more available uh, than just one lab in a state. And so that's why CDC is working with laboratories across the country to also be able to offer testing so it's more easily accessible to individuals. And Jennifer, I'll direct this question to you then in terms of contagiousness and how important vaccination is, if you could just give me a few details on that. Well, certainly. So I don't know if Cynthia was able to get to this detail, but this uh, virus is spread by um, close skin-to-skin contact. So not the general public wouldn't necessarily be at risk for this. It's people who have um, exposures and risk factors and things like that. So for those people, vaccination can be a very important tool. Um, With this vaccine, you can actually use it for what we call post-exposure prophylaxis. So a person can get um, this vaccine after they're exposed, and it might even prevent the disease from occurring. And so that's that's something unique. I think COVID is our our standard now, and that's obviously not something that you can do with COVID vaccine. But this vaccine, it's called Genios. Um, And so if a person does have a known exposure to another person with monkeypox, they can get the vaccine. Um, and if they get it within four days, it should actually stop the disease from occurring. But if they get it within 14 days of the exposure, it can um, mitigate the disease um, pre- and prevent some of those more severe symptoms from happening. Jennifer, I know we have some folks that are a, a little bit uh, leery of taking or receiving vaccinations. Are there any dangers or concerns with this particular vaccination for monkeypox? Right. Just like with any vaccine, there can be some side effects. And of course, and one of the, the main things we always think about is allergies. 
um, ask people if they have allergies to any component of the vaccine. Um, another um, thing to think about with this vaccine is that uh, the, the vaccines we use for the orthopox viruses, the viruses in this family of um, uh, are uh, have sometimes been associated with myocarditis. And folks are now familiar with that because of the COVID vaccine. So for people who have multiple cardiac risk factors, um, they would need to have a conversation with their doctor about this vaccine before getting it. Is it is it pretty red- readily available for those that uh, do decide they want to use it? Well, that's another good question. So the vaccine is pretty limited right now. Um, however, for people who do have a known exposure, it is important for them to get vaccinated and we would prioritize doses for them. We are expected to be getting more and more vaccine over the coming weeks and months and we're working on plans so that more people could be getting the vaccine. So the people who might be um, next in line to get vaccine would be folks who could have had a an exposure but might not know it. Um, so for example, um, it might be people who have had multiple anonymous sex partners or have other high-risk conditions that might mean they could get severe monkeypox. So things like HIV um, or un- another immune compromising condition. So those are a few of the risk factors that we'll look at as um, we get more vaccine and, and um, figure out who can get the vaccine next. Cynthia, back to you. Just a couple of general questions. Do we anticipate that this uh, nine cases is something that's going to ramp up or not necessarily? Yeah, I think that's something we're watching really closely. We know that in other states, they've, they've seen larger outbreaks than what we're seeing right now. Um, but we're hoping that the trend that we're seeing, um, it, that, it, that it stays this course. Um, but it, Part of what's important about making sure we don't see a larger outbreak, uh, we of course expect to see more cases just because we are seeing monkeypox um, throughout the the country and the world. But um, the best way to prevent really large outbreaks is make sure people have access to the testing they need, access to vaccine once that's available, and then really are following good preventative measures in terms of if you develop a rash that's concerning, absolutely reach out to your provider. if the providers suspect monkeypox, they should be testing. Um, and then really, um, you know, you as an individual, you know, some of the tried and true hand washing and uh, is, is, a, is an important part here um, in terms of uh, preventing transmission, as well as, um, you know, don't have direct skin to skin contact with individuals with monkeypox um, and try to avoid sharing like clothing and, and bedding as well. Thank you to my guests, the State Health Department's Cynthia Kenyon and Jennifer Heath. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Food shelf use across the state this summer is rivaling what we saw at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Tasha Radel explores. Too many of our neighbors are one flat tire or illness away from facing hunger. Parents skip meals so their kids can eat. Seniors skip meals so they can pay for needed medications. And the examples go on and on and on. Joining me today is Allison O'Toole, CEO of Second Harvest Heartland Food Bank. 
Allison, it seems like we are in a perfect storm. High inflation, record high food and gas prices. Can you give us a snapshot of what you folks are seeing and hearing at Second Harvest Heartland? As much as we wish we were on the road to recovery, we're living through the hungriest summer in recent history. And that is, I can't believe I'm saying that after we've been through the last two and a half years. We're seeing levels, volumes, um, visits at food shelves that are starting to rival um, the number of visits uh, at the height of the pandemic. So it's really sobering um, and certainly um, makes this issue front and center for us uh, in the Hunger Relief Network. You mentioned inflation. There's a recent report out this week from the Federal Reserve that we have sky-high inflation. It continues. And, you know, record-high grocery prices, gas prices, all those costs are outpacing wage increases. That means visits to food shelves across our service area are up as high as 30%. Um, You know, we fought back projected jumps in hunger by stepping up emergency food support during the midst of the, you know, the height of the COVID pandemic. And even still, more than 813,000 Minnesotans reached out to the Hunger Relief Network for help. And that's one in six of our neighbors. Um, We also just did some recent um, research that said half of Minnesotans have experienced food insecurity at some point in their lives. Allison, I don't have kids, but I continue to get sticker shock when I see my grocery bill or my gas bill. And it's just my husband and I. I can't imagine, I guess, how larger families are faring. So is it fair to say these crazy prices are affecting all of us, not just low-income Minnesotans? That's right. It is affecting everyone. It can happen to just about everyone, about anyone, honestly. And so when you think about even just grocery prices or gas prices, those price increases are hitting food banks like they are consumers. I felt it in my grocery bill. I know you are too. Um, But for food banks, For us at Second Harvest Heartland, across the board, prices are up 25% over last year for foods we need to purchase. And our food donations are really lagging because the supply chains are so so tight. In addition, at food banks, our most impacted stream of food that comes in is a, a federal commodity program called PFAP. And we've seen a 54% reduction in that food that's received through that program. So things are tight on so many levels. I know families are feeling that across our state. Um, And that means that the team at Second Harvest Heartland is working day and night to source the food that our neighbors need, Um, the the food that they know and love and are familiar with. Um, And... Um, that's what's going to keep hunger at bay and our recovery moving forward. So we are in high gear. We continue to be. Um, and we've got a couple other things. You know, I think when I when I step back, Tasha, we can't charity our way out of this. We need policies in place that support more Minnesotans 
reducing their need to seek that emergency food. We saw what worked during the pandemic. All of the the um, benefits, supports like the enhanced child tax credit, the school meal waivers, the expanded SNAP eligibility. So many of those programs worked. We saw almost immediate impact and relief for families. And many of those programs have either ended or are about to end. And so we need not only the federal government, but the state legislature um, to get to the table to help us figure this out. Our, we do, we have one of the largest contracts in the state to conduct SNAP outreach and enrollment. SNAP is sometimes known as food stamps. Our volume is up 91% uh, compared to pre-pandemic. That is mind-boggling. And so these programs are important. They are stabilizing families. And we need those policies to stay in place. We're about out of time, Allison. For those struggling to make ends meet and are going hungry, any advice? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think one of the most powerful things we can do, we're all feeling stretched right now, but one of the most powerful things we can do to help us all recover is to make it okay to ask for help. Thanks again to my guest today, Allison O'Toole, CEO of Second Harvest Heartland Food Bank. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Former Golden Gopher basketball player Eric Curry wrapped up a six-year career at the U of M and has now received a two-year fellowship to work with the Big Ten Conference. Curry missed two entire seasons during his time at Minnesota, suffering two separate major knee injuries. He says that experience has helped him grow. Curry was honored at the annual Big Ten Football Media Days this past week in Indianapolis. MN Sports Director Mike Grimm was there as well. Former Gopher and Gopher alum Eric Curry is here. We're at the Lucas Oil Stadium on the football field to talk football, but we're talking hoops today. Uh, you are here to be honored as uh, one of the new scholar athletes at the Big Ten. First of all, great to see you. Yeah, great to see you too. <laughs> How are things? Uh, great, amazing, especially with the opportunity Commissioner Warren has given me to, to work 
in the Big Ten since I played it in so long, and it just gave me an opportunity to have a fresh start and a new journey that I'm excited for. Yeah, tell us what this new opportunity is. Yeah, so um, it's called a, the Telefaro Fellowship. Uh, it's a two-year deal. But, um, so basically I just I, 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 get to, I get to work alongside of him and um, actually just learns the, the ins and outs of the conference and, and how he operates things. So um, this first year I'm going to be in, in the department of uh, events and operations. So I get to put a coordinate these kind of events. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll be working the basketball <laughs> one. So yeah. I can't be interacting with a lot. But um, the championship events and media days, I will be coordinating and stuff like that. So wow, uh, how did this all come about? Uh, I, I got to get a credit to Coach Johnson. Um, after the season was over, I sat down in his office and, and we just went over a, a game plan for me and my future. And um, he called commissioner and they they got in touch and the commissioner get, and presented this opportunity for me. So. Uh, in regard to just the general duties, then, um, it's funny how life uh, takes you in directions, right? Like you're thinking a year ago or maybe 13 months ago at this time, you're thinking you're going to maybe help Ben Johnson coach the basketball team. You end up playing basketball for another year, and now you're working for the Big Ten. Uh, you know, So life takes some funny turns yes, sometimes, yes, right? Yes, it really do. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine this. Uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity Commissioner Warren has given me um, and Coach Johnson for even for connecting me to him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm excited. So. Yeah. See where things take me. And so what are your duties here today? You're just kind of shuffling uh, around? And yeah, so they, they flew me up today just, just for the, the commissioner um, opening remarks. He was introducing us to everybody um, as long just working with the Big Ten and um, I, getting a VIP dinner tonight and all that. So just getting just getting to introducing to everyone around here and all that. So so cool. So this is a two-year deal. Uh, you'll be part of events. Do you know what year two will involve? It? Um, I either stay with uh, events and operations or I go into another field which can be sports administration or anything like that. So Yeah, and so this, this could set you up certainly uh, through networking and different things yeah, to, to most, take a great career path, yeah, right? Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I had an opportunity to actually sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with Commissioner Warren. He asked me, what, like, what did I want out of this opportunity? And I kind of told him that uh, one day I see myself being an assistant GM or a GM of that sort um, in, a, in the NBA, in the front office position of any matter. And um, he, he definitely told me – that that is possible. We're getting this opportunity with him now, he can definitely help me and push me in that direction. Gophers down five. They had cut it to two, and then Walker just drained the three. Here's an inbound to Curry. He knocks down another jumper. He's got eight. That's a 16-footer in his 2017. Gophers down three again. So this puts to any uh, it puts to rest any idea that you're gonna continue with one more year go for basketball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's officially, it's officially done. I, I say that somewhat jokingly, but you never know, right? Because you did, you do have, you could, right? You had one more year of eligibility. I asked Coach about it, and and he said, nope. He goes, I think Eric is ready to move on, and. <laughs> And he joked. Uh, he, I, I don't know if you heard the podcast. He joked a little bit that he didn't figure you were out staying in shape right at that particular time. So uh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I would have to do a lot of working out right now to get back in shape. That, 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 that's amazing. Two fifty to play. Gophers now need a big rally. Here's a long two by Curry, and he knocked it down. He's got eighteen. This could be the first time in his career he'll be the leading scorer. Uh, have you stayed in touch though with some of the guys and, uh, and with yeah, coach? Oh uh, yeah, I was just back up there in Minnesota um, last weekend. Actually, I. I went up there and visited them and, and talked to the coaching staff and a couple of players and the new guys as well. Um, yeah, they're they all great. And uh, I look forward to watching them this season. I can't really do too much cheering now. Right. But uh, I, I definitely want to have a little bit of bragging rights in the offices and whatnot. But um, it's going to be fun. We know where your heart is, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, what do you think of that group of, of guys that Coach Johnson has assembled? Are you excited to see yeah, what they I'm can do? Yeah, I'm very excited to see them. Um, uh, they got a lot of upside in them. Um, 
like Coach like Coach Johnson, he's going to steal a, a, a lot of emotive, motivation, and he's going to get those guys to play in the right way. Like 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 I said last year with the, the new guys he brought in, they all good character guys. So that's step one. You always got to get good character guys, and I think he got a good group of that. Yeah. Well, it's cool to see you here on a football field in Indianapolis, even though uh, we're going to talk some basketball. And, um, boy, what a great opportunity. Best of luck. Good to see Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. He yep. is Eric Curry, former Gopher. Thank you, Mike. That is going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.